Subscribe to NerdPod with Coach and K-Rock wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We are invincible with Kirkman's new Amazon Prime show. A huge week for casting call. Hollywood's coming back, baby. Hell yeah. Falcon Winter Soldier rolls along with new villains, old friends, and hey, Sam still can't get any bank loans. <laughs> All that and much more on this week's NerdPod. In a world overrun by content, the line between good and terrible is blurred by the very people who create and sell it. In a sound studio in New England, two average Joes are pushing back, giving their observations and recommendations on comics, video games, TV, movies, and more. Two men, one quest, one desire. You're listening to Coach and K-Rock's Nerd Pod. Welcome to Nerd Pod. Hey, Coach, what is happening? Oh, it's Nerd Pod Day. Today is Monday, March 29th, 2021. And uh, it's exciting because it's Nerd Pod Day. It's my favorite day of the week. It is, it is. And we've been doing the last, what, two weeks on Mondays for yeah. scheduling reasons. Sunday just hasn't worked out as smoothly. Yeah. And today is one of those days where I'm thankful that we pushed it a day because a few things broke we wouldn't have gotten to until next week. And which I love. That's what I love mm-hmm. about it. And it has worked out. So, yeah, this will be our third third Monday in a row. And mm-hmm. um, and we're rocking and rolling. Yeah, got to, to prep a little bit better of a show. Which is so exciting. Uh, got some extra watching in today. Uh, I actually got to start Invincible, which was impressive. We'll get into that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was. What, what else happened to me? Uh, I watched it too, Invincible. I watched uh, The Mighty Ducks on Friday. Oh, cool. Um, surprisingly, I, I thought it was a well done show. It's, it's Disney and it's. Um, Certainly stereotypical Disney. Yeah. But you're not watching it for, you know, you're not watching it to see a true detective or Bosch. You're watching it to see the Mighty Ducks and have Gordon Bombay come back. Well, listen, isn't it now like, it was just like anything else. I, I think that we tried to do superhero m- movies even in the 70s and 80s. And I think that they didn't find the exact, you know, right secret sauce. And it seems like once they found it, and and really maybe the tipping point was either Brian Singer's X-Men or uh, Nolan's Batman. But it was like once they found the formula, it seemed like not everyone was a hit, but at least they got the formula. And it feels maybe like on the reboot side... Cobra Kai set the tone. It's a, it's this is how you do it. This is how you engage people on old IP, and I think now we're gonna it's gonna get better and better because they have the formula. And maybe they didn't have that two years ago, three years ago. So I'm not surprised to hear you say that it's good. I won't be surprised if Doogie Hauser or the Wonder Years ends up being okay for that exact reason. You know, you're right. I never thought of that. Um, Cobra Kai led the way as how you reboot something and. You keep it in the vein of what the original was. Well, don't and get used, too cute with it. Yeah, yeah. And and don't you remember? I mean, I remember American Pie being a wonderful example of this. Is you know you go you go see American Pie, and I put American Pie in the class of movie like um, Bridesmaids and The Hangover, and maybe even something about Mary, where you go and if you're in the early run of that like if you if you went to see it say opening weekend or the following weekend before the word of mouth takes hold right and you see that and it just knocks you over with how good a, 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 of a comedy that it was and it then gets the word of mouth and completely takes off and people are talking about it being in the top 5 comedies of all time but then inevitably the sequel, or the se- the sequel, the sequel <laughs> will, the sequel will, not the, the sequel. Se- the sequel. The sequel. No, the, the sequel. Americano uh, pie. Yeah. Americano. <laughs> oh, hello. Um, yeah, no. So, uh, but the sequel will uh, inevitably grab the Stifler character, right, in, in American Pie, 
And then that's what you get in the sequel is exactly what you, you know, the really funny thing that stood out that maybe wasn't expected and they ride it and beat it into the ground. And that then all of the American Pie sequels became about Stifler because everybody thought Stifler and the whole thing was funny. So that was the sequel uh, format for years and years and years. And I never loved it. It's why sequels kind of always fell on their face. And again, I think they Hollywood gets smarter and they learn and now, you know, and they adapt to survive. And I think that's a, a prime example of, of what you're talking about. Right. They're not they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they have the secret sauce and they're going to feed it to us now. Mm-hmm. Not Absolutely. a bad thing. No, no, it's it's entertainment. And that's all it is. Like I said, you're not going to watch the Mighty Ducks TV show on Disney Plus because you're you going to get moved artistically, breaking artistic. Yeah piece of filmmaking that's going to blow your mind yeah. no <laughs> not at all it's going to be a retread of mighty ducks yep. in a certain you know different light right and that's it but if you like the mighty ducks which i forgot how how enjoyable the movie was i went back and watched it afterwards and you know it is what it, it is what it is it, it's a it is what it, it is. had two sequels and it did i never saw those two but i only remember the first one yeah, it's good, good stuff, man. So that's cool. I mean, I'm glad that it was worth your worth your time. Thirty I, minutes. Yeah, it's great. And so I went back, and you know that I I got obsessed with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the way that I get obsessed about things, and it really took me down, you know, a Hamilton or Beach Boys, and it's actually still kind of part of the Beach Boys pet sound rabbit hole that I was down with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and. So I, I really started breaking down the sort of line by line pop culture references and, and starting to dig into the actors and actresses and who's playing what and where. And the guy that played Manson actually played Charles Manson also on Mindhunter, either season two or season three. And he was he did such a compelling job in both. I was like, who is this guy? And I went down that rabbit hole a little bit. And I want to look up what his name is, but he was in the show Justified on FX. And then I, I looked at the cast of people who were on Justified, and it's incredible. It's sort of like a uh, modern day Law and Order where you see people that the names and you're like, holy crap, I can't believe that. Like Chadwick Boseman and uh, like half the Marvel Cinematic Universe and half the DC Universe and most people. Uh, who are, you know, just in regular movies now, all came through there. And it was only like five seasons, I think, or six seasons. So highly recommend if you have, I'm sure many people, once again, I'm behind the times on this, but uh, go back and watch Justified. It's uh, it's cool, man. Like, it's not Bosch, for sure, but it's a, a nice stopgap, like, while we're waiting for Bosch. It's, you know, he's a U.S., uh, Timothy Oliphant plays a U.S. Marshal, and he is in Miami, and and he, it opens up with a scene where the guy that plays Redfoot in The Usual Suspects, great movie, great role. He, uh, it's them two, those two guys at a table, and he's saying he told this guy Redfoot that he's got twenty four hours to leave Miami, or he's going to shoot him. And ultimately, he ends up shooting him, but only because the guy drew on him. And that sets off like this whole chain of events where he has to go back to his hometown to be a marshal. And his ex-wife is there and his old friend who's now turned into a criminal who's played by Walton Goggins, who, you know, I put mm-hmm. w- way up there with like DiCaprio as, you know, my top two or three favorite film and television actors. So who also shows up in Invincible uh, incredibly. And so... It's just a good, really good show, and um, I think yeah. you'll love it. Damon Harriman. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And fun fact about Damon Harriman, because I'm looking at IMDb. So, yeah, he played Charles Manson in Mindhunter and Once Upon a Time uh, in Hollywood. But guess whose birthday he shares? Whose? This guy's. Hey. I like <laughs> uh, so, um, Damon I know you're not listening, but happy birthday on the 31st to you, yeah. too. It's right around the corner. It's right around the corner. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, so my, my saga for PlayStation 5. Um, so we, we, we put the show out on Tuesday yeah. th- this past week. And so for dinner, I'm at the grill. I'm, I'm doing a burger, and I get the notice that the fives are available. Um, 
through the Sony website. So I'm like, what the heck? I, I get in a queue and I notice I'm in queue. And it, like you're, you're in line to get in queue. All right. So I'm flipping the burgers and ticks down. 20 minutes goes goes by. I'm you know, prepping the burger. Now it's I'm in the actual queue. And it's oh. like, oh, this is getting serious. Yeah. All right. So but I've also heard like you'll get in queue and then psh, that's it. Website's yep. down or it's sold out. Um, well, I watched the the, the the progress bar, which starts off like all the way empty and yellow and, and slowly ticking up. Um, I didn't think much of it. So I'm just chilling out, eating my dinner. And next thing you know, it just kind of starts speeding through. I'm like to my wife, I'm like, oh, I, I think we're going to have an option to buy this thing. Wow. And within like a minute later, sure enough, there it is. Add to cart buttons out on the, the PlayStation's there in front of me. I'm like, do I do this? I'm like, all right, boom, click the button, get the you know the two day shipping, and by Friday, I've got my PlayStation Five. Wow, so, congratulations! Done. <laughs> and that system is a beast. I, I haven't had much time playing it, but the little experience I have with it, it it's. It's a big step up from where I was. And I had the PlayStation 4 Pro, which I, I gave to my, my nephew, uh, my little nephew, to, to play with. So, you know, we're, we're expanding the fandom here for Sony. I love but it. Long story short, I'm all set. I, I'm out of line, guys. So if you're still looking for them, they're out there. Just be patient. It happens. Yeah, just get ready to, yeah, not pay on the secondary market if you get that lucky. But if you don't, pay $1,000 for it, which is so bananas. <laughs> I'll give you mine for 1000 Yeah, right? I mean, like, not, listen, not a you, problem. You probably could. Yeah, you probably could. <laughs> you probably could at this point still get that for it. So crazy times, but I'm really happy for you, especially in your birthday week. Yeah, pretty killer. Uh, Nerd Pod Theater is looking better and better, man. <laughs> it is, I know. Between all the the, the books and the, the autographs and all the things we have, it's pretty the, great. Yeah, the, the the stadium lighting that I'm getting, I'm I'm just collecting. Yeah, when we eventually build our, our theater, it's going to be pretty pretty fun to, to watch some movies and do our homework. I can't wait. It'll can't be wait. Hard work. <laughs> I know. I know. It will. But it's uh, speaking of that, we have been, we we have seen a, a boost in uh, listenership again. I feel like I say it every week, but we do, so we appreciate it. Um, yeah, I think we we've talked about doing things like Patreon or you know doing something like that, and it just seems to be working with what we're doing. And you know, it's not about the money for us. Certainly, we love to get out here and make our recommendations uh, so that you know you can cut through the the crap on these streamers and in the movies, and you know whether buying a comic book, whatever it is. So we love doing it for you. Keep listening. Keep voting. We love you. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Want to just jump into Week in Geek and we can push uh, uh, Invincible into that? Yeah, I love it. Perfect. Since it just broke. All right. Let's uh, kick it out. And now, the Week in Geek. Sweet. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, Pickled Rick, again, who we seem to mention on this show quite a bit, was very excited about Invincible. Um, Kirkman did uh, a little bit of the press tour uh, last week. He, he did a couple of shows that we normally listen to, and you know his face was around, so he was kind of promoting this. And you know, it, for some reason, it's just one of those things that was not on my radar. Um, and uh, but, but it's clear, and I don't know, maybe you can answer this question for me, or maybe we can come up with it. Is it that... Uh, you know, like like uh, on Prime as an example, you know, I know that they put their new releases on that page one, but do you think that the marketing drives how much it's on that page one, or is it once they see that it got a million views in the first day, do they then double down on it? Because so Invincible is a Prime uh, show. It, it is. It's it's, yeah. it's it's right. It's produced by. It is. Prime or it's connected, they bought it. Yeah. So they're going to feature that in every way they can. Now, if it wasn't a Prime show, like it w if it wasn't an Amazon Prime show, then I think what you're saying holds true, that if, if it gets the buzz, if it gets the viewership and, and the algorithms, whatever it is it's doing, it'll push it up in the must-watch lists or the yeah. featured animated lists or, or what have you. Yeah, and then you start um, seeing it show up in your news feed and, you know, in remarketing on your LinkedIn and on your and, – and that seems to be what's happening. Um, I know that we have talked about it a few times this week and we talked about it on Discord, so – 
but I was kind of shocked. I, I'm only one and a half in to your three right now. And I don't think yep. we need to go super deep into spoilers right now. No, we shouldn't. We, we yeah, should give it a high level. Yeah, yeah, a little bit more time. But I was wildly impressed by uh, what I saw. And, yeah. and you were like, I don't do animated. It's not really my thing. Yeah, generally it's and not. I, the, the best way I could describe it to you is it's the boys meets Batman animated series. Yeah, I even got a X-Men, 90s X-Men feel from sure. it too, right? Uh, yeah, it's that feel that the the, the Superman, the whatever, X-Men, Batman, is that style animation. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's very Kirkman, right? It, it's it's Kirkman through and through. It, it is. Um, I think I sent yeah. that to you, like, this is this is Kirkman. And yep. I think that's okay. I think it's it's... But I, I forgot like halfway through the second episode that I was watching animation, which is the best kind of animation that you can get. And it's big reason for that is the enormous cast that they have here. It, I mean, this is an all-star, not even an all-star team. It's like an all-star league of actors. It's unbelievable. I couldn't believe it, honestly, as I'm reading through. I'm like, really? Really? I So we, we have uh, show notes that Coach and I look at when we're doing the show for you. And I started writing, like, whenever, like, a show comes up so you don't forget, like, I'll put, like, the name of uh, two or three, you know, standout actors uh, of what we're talking about. I think I listed uh, 12, 15, 20. I, I don't know. Yeah, a lot. I, I just couldn't stop. I'm like, I, well, I, I can't say this person and not this person. And if I say this person, I cannot say, I have to say this person. Yeah. It was that big of a cast. So... They took a lot of the Walking Dead uh, live action series stars. A lot of it seems like the the, the dead play, like the the ones who were killed off, yep. are on this show. It stars Stephen Yoon, who, as we all know, uh, met the 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 business end of Lucille from Negan. He did uh, in Walking Dead. Um, so did you? Then, I'm sorry, just to back up uh, and not yeah. to cut you off. Did you notice the Glenn homage in the first um, in the fight scene with the eyeball or no? Uh, at the end of... I'm sorry, it, it was sort of not... It, it, during the fight in which uh, J.K. Yep, yep. Simmons shows I, up... I did, yep, I did, I yep, did. Yep, yep. I don't want to blow too much off, but I instantly spotted it, and I'm like, that is a direct callback to the to the Negan eye pop of Glenn. And I thought it was interesting, yeah. yeah so It was great. So, I mean, you have uh, Yoon, you have Lauren Cohen, who plays Maggie in the show, and now she's also in Invincible. Yeah. Um, Sonequa Martin-Green, who was Sasha. You have Lenny James, who we all know as Morgan, right? Michael Cudlitz, a- Abraham, Ross Markhand, who was uh, the Red Skull, right? He was. And, um, and he's Aaron in The Walking Dead. Yeah. So that's just The Walking Dead people that are over. And I think I mean, might, might be missing a few. Yeah, yeah. They have J.K. Simmons, Sandra O. Walton, G- Walton Gall- uh, Goggins, Jillian Jacobs from... Um, uh, community yep. who, who we love, Jason Mizukis, who is hilarious. Um, Zazie Beats from Joker, Seth Rogen, Zachary Quinto, Mark Hamill, Michael Dorn. If anyone who watched Star Trek uh, The Next Generation, he was Worf, uh, Clancy Brown, and which I was shocked, he, he's been now in a couple episodes, is John Hamm. Yeah, and, and 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 to pile onto that, uh, John Hamm has just been added to the Modoc uh, Hulu series uh, as Tony Stark. So he'll voice uh, the live action Tony Stark across the dial there. So that so when you say like you forget watch that it's an anime like animated series you're watching, well, it's because this thing is stacked of stacked with 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 talent, like great acting talent. And it, it doesn't disappoint. I mean, from the opening, um, you know, the opening scene uh, where it, it engages you and brings you right in, uh, it takes you all the way through. And Sandra Oh is just incredible. Uh, she's been sort of the highlight for me. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, as the mother character, you can feel the compassion through her act. Like, I, I feel like people will find their stride on this voice act. And I don't think Walton Gogs, Goggins has done a lot of voice work. I think Simmons has. But I think you're going to see these people uh, find their rhythm as the season goes on. They only released three uh, episodes and then you're going to have to follow it through. But yep, I think it'll be another Friday release for us. It's, it will. Yeah. That, and that's fine. I can live with that. But it, it, what this does, and this was really my takeaway, 
is if you really so Marvel has had their day uh, and continues to have their day. I don't see any signs of slowing. I said DC should jump on the dark horse bandwagon a long time ago, and they really haven't capitalized on that. But what this could possibly do now, Image obviously has hit a home run with The Walking Dead and its spinoff series on AMC. But if you stick to this animation and you stick to this style, and even if you you know take the artist, I mean, this is a comic book artist that's drawing this, and. and I think that that's what needs to carry through. I think you need to hire artists, but think about the potential of image titles, standalone image titles. And I know you said that you had never read this book. Neither have I. And But there are some that I have read on the image or tons that I've read on the image brand that can absolutely make it under this in this medium if, if it stays delivered this way i think mm-hmm. that you could almost have an image channel i mean there's so much ip there so i really hope that this is the beginning of titles like i mean geez dude like so many right like uh ugh, i i could just name well, a big, million the big one in the room is spawn yeah obviously no one's i mean they had the spawn animated which was great none of the movies have done anything but that's a huge elephant in the room right there. Yep, yep, yep. You know, I couldn't it, agree more, never man. never gotten its own. Um, and then it's like what, Wild Blood, Savage Dragon. Um, I mean, Savage Dragon's so, a huge one. Um, yeah. You know, how about Jinx? How about... Um, Was Chew? Uh, Chew is Chew, one, right? Yep, is, uh, actually, is Chew Image? I don't know if it is. I'm going to check it out right now because I thought it was. I don't think so. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. Wow. Um. Yeah, I love that. That, that it, oh, the idea. premise and the idea is great. I thought that got optioned, but yeah, I mean, you got yeah, it's image. I, and and my some of my titles like Paper Girls, which I think has been mm-hmm. optioned, and Kill or Be Killed, and Sex Criminals, and um, The Strangers, and uh, just so many Tokyo Ghost. Uh, dude, there, there's so much that they could do with this. The Magic Order. Um, Saga, dude, saga. I don't even want to get started on saga. We should have a saga like series. Sakash, <laughs> uh, 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 saga appreciation. Yep, yeah, just a saga segment. appreciation segment every week. It's it really is, and you know, I think about um, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, or if, if uh, K Rock didn't mention, I got him the Killing Joke for his birthday uh, mm-hmm. delivered this week, and I, I think about real great classic single issues that started and turned into, you know, the greatest graphic novels of all time. And I think about The Dark Knight and I think about The Killing Joke. But I am not sure that it does, that that saga isn't the best graphic novel of all time. I I think it might be. I think you have to take The Watchmen into account. I think you have to, again, The Killing Joke and some other, there's great property out there. But from start to finish, every series, saga is... And man, and and it could work in this animated animation style, and that's my point. Mm. It really could. You could never do it. There's not enough budget in the world, unless you know Warner's did it or something. Is will and put two hundred million into the movie, and it still wouldn't work. Warner Brothers, uh, right? But they have the money, yeah, and it's not a Marvel they the property. Money, so, they, but they they get the money, but they also we 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 just saw the the the, the mess that they yeah. And there is no, they, there's no room, yeah. yeah, not for Saga. So I don't know how much you've done on Saga, but I, I've done nothing. Yeah, and I've, I keep hearing you talk about it and Pickle Rick talk about it. It's just, I mean, I think uh, uh, Slayer Sam even now has finished at least right. five books at this point. So yeah, it's just gone into it too. Yeah, I think I, I, I just you should really, really do it, even if you do it in a digital form or in an audiobook form. It's just, um, you know, one of the greatest stories ever told, in my opinion. So. Well, you're right. I, I'm, Image is going to be they, if if Kirkman's proven anything, it's they're bankable with the right IP. Yeah, and, they, and I would him being such a fanboy <laughs> of comics and everything, I could see him pushing the work of others to to get in there too. Uh, he seems that he would do that. He does. Uh, he does. To, to you know, obviously, image image succeeds. He succeeds. It's one of those kind of ownerships, if I believe. Yeah. Um, correct there. They all have a share. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if, if, if him push, putting his humongous weight behind um, Saga, then, Saga, then he 
he would get it done if he wanted it. Yeah, man. He could help get those that IP done. Um, you know, what kills me is that you'll get a, a hashtag release the Snyder Cut, but you won't get a hashtag give us something saga. Um, <laughs> it's, it's you know, well, that tells you that, that those are really not, not real fanboys, I, I don't believe. I think that they're, you know, that was an internet justice crusade thing. And yeah. I don't know if they were really nerds or if they, you know, may, maybe they were cinephiles or, you know, giant, huge fans of just general cinema. But um, yeah, well, one thing they have to deal with is uh, the WB triple down on the, the no Snyderverse. I know. Thing, yeah, so it doesn't make sense to me. Swing but. and a miss. Um, and you brought up something shocking to me when we were prepping for the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that, that Snyder had done. And. You should share it with the audience because I, I was blown away. Yeah, yeah. It's a good segue in. Um, what have we talked about? Any any listener of this show knows how much I how often I bring up that uh, what could be an incredible storyline for Warners and for the DCEU would be a Jon Stewart or some transition between Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart and the, and the Lantern series and how much meat on the bone there is for that particular character and we find out now which was such it was like a shot punch to my chest to find out that not only did did Zack Snyder want uh Jon Stewart as a Green Lantern to show up in the Justice League but he cast a Jon Stewart and shot a Jon Stewart so it, it, this was apparently one of the first early fights in the production of the Justice League was that they did not want uh, there to be a John Stewart, and I'm not exactly sure why. I don't know if it's because they had already gone down the Martian Manhunter path, or uh, you know that they had already met their quota, the dirty scoundrels they are. But um, yeah, they they had Travante Rhodes cast and shot. They had his suit. They had everything, and I I believe everything that you see with that sort of substitute lantern character in the Schneider cut. Is all, or it should have been him, and they should have been cut out. So, boy, did Warner's like do just no respect for them at all, no respect for the whole process at all, and you know, tripling down. Can you imagine being Trevante Rhodes like that? You finally now he had been tied to that project for years, six or seven years before Snyder even called him. Uh, people had talked to him about that role. He was a comic guy. He, he was made to play the role, similarly to Cavill with Superman. And uh, imagine going there, shooting it, and then Warner's making that the play. And it's just awful. So Yeah. I was I'm still kind of I just found out and I was like Trevante Rhodes, I looked him up. It's a familiar actor, and I realized it's because I watched uh, America versus Billy Holiday this weekend or last weekend, which starred him in it. Yeah. And yeah. he was from Moonlight, which was an uh, you know, a, 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 won an Oscar. Uh, I think best picture, right? It did, yeah. Um, so the guy's got chops, and and certainly would have draw uh, back then. Yeah, like yeah, not even now. Um, In seventeen, for sure. Yeah, but it's it's a shame. Um, it's such again. Uh, they, they, you think they, you you think there's enough bullet holes in their feet, but <laughs> they still find places to shoot. Yep, yep. It's really true. It's really true, and. Listen, I don't know how they're going to rebound, and I I think the pressure is squarely on whatever they're doing with the Superman character and on Pattinson with the long Halloween Batman. And uh, at the Shazam is, and that's another great uh, segue, the most exciting property that they probably have is that Shazam, um, you know, the, the Gods movie, the Thunder of the mm-hmm. Gods or whatever, who just cast their big bad this week, and uh, they're heavy, and it's uh, and Pickled Rick said it best: Helen Mirren makes everything better, and so <laughs> Helen Mirren is now the big bad uh, in the uh, Shazam sequel. I couldn't be happier for that casting. I think it's brilliant, and. Listen, for a 70-year-old woman, she's incredibly sexy, poignant. On top of it, I love her. Great. Uh, Shazam is the property I probably like the most of the last few years from DC. Absolutely so. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. Fun, tongue-in-cheek, all those things that you want. Um, it, it hit on all all bases for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm excited about it. and And that comes on the heels of... Uh, a couple of other big castings this week. Uh, so 
Uh, it, and actually, this is breaking because this just happened within the last couple of hours. Russell Crowe uh, uh, was tapped to play in the. I don't know if he's the big bad or not, but he is in Thor: Love and Thunder. Wow, it's a big announcement. And then, of wow. course, earlier this week, we heard Pierce Brosnan will be the the heavy in Black Lightning, or Black Adam. I'm sorry, Black Adam. Black Adam. Black Adam. Yep. Uh, so that those three right there, boom! You got Russell Crowe, Helen Mirren, Pierce Brosnan in comic properties, all announced within five days of each other. Super exciting! So Russell Crowe has now gone DC to Marvel. Yep. Assuming this this plays out. Uh, wow. Pierce Brosnan, huh? That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah. Double O seven there. Um, it's he. He's a, a great. Um, you know, he's like a national treasure, even though he's British. <laughs> he is. He's, uh, you know, that video game, GoldenEye, right, is uh, uh, certainly on the list of most impactful games of the last couple decades. Yeah, for, you know, first-person multiplayer shooters, by, there, there's before GoldenEye and after GoldenEye. Yep, 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 yep. What else is on the list this week? Uh, I want to save the Star Wars stuff to the end. Let's go to... Um, Kara Winter, another casting call here. Yep. Acacia Winter, excuse me. Or Katia? Yeah, Katia. Katia, I think. Katia Winter. Yeah. Signs on season three of The Boys. Um, I guess she's expected to play Little Nina. Yep. Who's the Russian mob boss? I'll have to defer to a little bit on you about this character. Yeah, so she's, uh, I think, and I hate to say this, and maybe this is spoilers, uh, and this is all just uh, expected, I think. Like, it is it is announced that she was cast, but um, the, the thing in the books that Little Nina is most uh, well-known for is her, uh, the way that she died. <laughs> so, um, in the books. Okay. So, it was uh, very... Um, graphic and it was very unexpected and so she becomes sort of a cult favorite of the boys because of the way she died now does that mean that this is exactly who they're casting her as no it, it, it do, will they kill her off that quickly maybe not maybe who knows but uh she looks like the character she has sort of like that blonde hair she's got that hard russian look and so i think it's pretty obvious that she's gonna play uh little nina but who knows if this, the rest of the story will play out that way. Um, mm. and, and and speaking of blondes, so Amanda Seyfried, who is in Veronica Mars, which my wife is watching right now. I guess it's a good little show. She's enjoying it. Uh, she's the girl from Mamma Mia. She was in Big Love. Uh, I think you everybody knows. Oh, right. Yeah, uh, Amanda Seyfried. She is playing Elizabeth Holmes, the, former, the, the disgraced CEO of Theranos. Uh, and, you know, this isn't super nerd news, but I, I'm i following this It's because, you know, pathology is my trade in my, my business. So uh, Theranos, the, 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 you know, all there's the a great crap. documentary on HBO about Theranos. Yeah, um, and the book, and, too. Um, Bad Blood is an incredible book. Or Elizabeth. Yeah, it, it's, you know, being from the startup world and, and selling the, the cult of the personality over actual product or, or something that works. Yeah. Uh, I understand exactly the mess that they got into. They were selling something. They, they, they didn't have anything. It, it was just a big fraud. Yeah. So, and it, we're talking millions and millions and millions of dollars. Billions. Defrauded. Billions. 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 Yeah. So her trial is starting in like April or May, uh, the criminal trial. So she had already been convicted and found guilty. Um, she could never run a company again uh, on the civil side. And her and her former lover uh, will be facing their criminal charges uh, this upcoming year. So, uh, so a Theranos show. Do we, I'm I'm assuming it's going to be the the build up to the company and all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's so it probably started from a place of innocence and and deteriorated and 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 you know soured into the the sludge that it became yeah what a, what a nightmare that story is but yeah it's uh, i think that's interesting i think uh, it'll be cool to see a hulu show and i think she's a great casting for it because she's got those big bulgy creepy eyes and she's kind of cultish and she played that role on big love uh as a you know the daughter of a polygamist in utah uh she could play that creepy role pretty well so i'm excited to see how that pans out and um, yeah yeah so that's interesting right 
Yeah, uh, keeping the casting news going here. So Ron Livingston replaces Billy Crudup, our uh, Dr. Manhattan, yep. as Flash's father in the Flash movie. Yeah, so that's Ezra Miller's Flash movie, right? That's still one of the only standalones left from the Schneiderverse. Uh, By the way, Ezra Miller yeah. is in Invincible as well. Ah, oh, right. He is, yeah. So, <laughs> dude, it's unreal. Just to throw that out there. Uh, it's just, it seems like, how is that possible to keep it? Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's interesting. But I, I I didn't dislike Billy Crudup as this dad. No, um, no. In Justice League. I thought it was a good fine casting, but I guess years later, Billy probably doesn't want to do a comic book movie anymore. He's done with it. Yeah, and honestly, I especially in a Schneider movie, I all I can see is twenty one foot black penis. I mean, blue penis <laughs> up on the screen. So I, that's all I can ever see. So I'm. <laughs> kind of glad that he's not in a comic book movie because I think I fear at any moment he could just stand up and it'll it'll be there again and I don't <laughs> I don't need that to happen I don't need that anymore in my life so uh, bring on the uh, Ron Livingston from uh, Office Space all day so awesome yep yep um, and then let's get over to Sebastian Stan. Um, it Luke Skywalker. Yeah, that's an ongoing saga, huh? That seems to be like uh, a tennis match that keeps going on for the last couple right. of weeks. Yeah, yeah. So the last thing I had seen was Sebastian Stan on Twitter getting cute with it, saying, if Mark Hamill said I was cool, uh, then I would be open to it or consider it. Mark Hamill, of course, he doesn't care. No. No, and, and he had said it even before. I think when originally that picture came out um, with the face swap, Hamill was really blown away by it and 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 endorsed it almost instantly mm-hmm. um listen he's in the building he's in the disney building to begin with um hamill has now twice endorsed the idea of doing this i i think that i think this is happening i think the conversations are happening and i think the coyness and the cuteness of his answer uh tells me that there's something going on in the background i am a little hesitant hesitant to you know, for, for us to just charge forward with this. Um, I don't think they did a terrible job in Mandalorian of, of the CGI of Luke Skywalker, but it, it, that was one picture and one frame, uh, and the, their ages were very similar. I do not think that it will be really easy for Sebastian Stan to play a young Mark Hamill. And so I'm just, you know, maybe it's okay, maybe it'll be okay, but one face swap does not make a brilliant casting is my only point here. Yeah, oh, you're right. You know, and uh, yeah. while I'm good with the Skywalker saga being over, yeah, it seems like we're far from it. Mm. Um, we have on on piggybacking on this the the Kenobi news that broke today. Big Kenobi news. Big casting. Yeah. Um, standouts for you uh, for the for Kenobi. So interestingly, and I, and I think we recommended this on the show, the biggest thing that stood out to me was how interesting that they were bringing back uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru. I, and the original actors from the prequel trilogy, one of which uh, was uh, very much a star of the show, The Vow, which is uh, about that Nexium cult and uh, that that girl and I don't have her name uh, right here in front of me but I um, you know she plays uh, opposite Joel Egerton who's a star in his own right now um, so it was really nice to see that after everything she just went through with this crazy sex cult that she's coming out the other end and getting a role in this movie um, so that was exciting for me I I Love that all of the stuff that they did from the prequel trilogy. They brought Hayden back. Uh, it looks like they're leaning into it. I don't know that it fits the narrative that we've been told. I mean, I think back to Luke meeting old Ben Kenobi after he gets the droids in A New Hope. And, you know, it seems like he had just been there for a really long time. He said nobody's called him Obi-Wan in some time. So now to go in and say that there was a story in there that doesn't that's never been mentioned, I'm a little hesitant. But mm-hmm. from a casting perspective, I think it's great. What stood out to you? Yeah. Oh, her name, Bonnie. Uh, Bonnie. I don't know how to say this last name. Yeah. PSA or something. Yeah. 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 That's right. So uh, what stood out to me, Kamel. Uh, Nanjania? Yeah, Nanjania, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Johnny. 
Um, now he's casted in Kenobi, um, but he's also in the Eternals. So Star Wars MCU right there. Yep. He just needs a DC cast. He, and uh, he's at the trifecta. Yeah, he could be on his way. <laughs> he must have done a, a, a bang-up job in the Eternals. They must have seen first cuts, uh, Disney, and really liked what they saw. Plus, you know, he got an incredible physical shape, which I think I mentioned before in the Eternals. He's, yeah, he left Silicon Valley and put on just straight muscle straight mass. Straight muscle mass, ready to kick everybody's <laughs> ass. I love it. And he's very, very funny. Very funny. Yeah. Bummed that this is in Boston, uh, Massachusetts that they're filming in, but... <laughs> Boston, England, that'll do fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's cool. That's that was cool. Uh, that broke when um, we were on break still, and it was just Boston. Like it's filming in Boston, and we're up here in the Northeast, so everyone assumed they meant Boston, Mass. Uh, so well, I immediately, yeah. all the the memes started. <laughs> hey, Luke, kid, uh, got this lightsaber here. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was your, it was your father's. It was your father's <laughs> wicked pistol lightsaber, bro. <laughs> And they're like, oh, Boston, England. Uh, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Joel Egerton is great, dude. Like, I, I'm yeah. so impressed that they got him uh, to do this. <clears throat> I, I, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Uh, I, I think, yeah, I, I'm, listen, I'm all in for it. It's a show. I think, uh, you know, maybe this doesn't fly as a movie, but I'm in. I'm in. Um, I have con news. Oh, let's hear it. So... For the video game side of things, we have PAX East up here in the north. Uh, it's always in Boston and the northeast every every year. Um, last time I went was right before the pandemic broke out. So we were there like February 28th, March 1st, March 2nd, March 3rd, I think. So really right, right when this stuff is starting to happen and, and everyone's you know, getting sick and whatever. So it was the last time they, they held it. Yeah. So they, they were um, PAX. They, they did, everything was online after that because they would do like a PAX... Um, uh, one out west they would do um, uh, like an unplugged one and it, but they just packaged them all together did a PAX online mm. uh, PAX Australia so they were holding out hope that they would have it in June um, and us up being up here and knowing how things are rolling out and the ups and flows of this pandemic and how it's been just impacting like crazy any type of events like this you know we kind of knew that it just wasn't going to happen and Today, PAX announced that they are canceling the PAX East 2021. Sad news. Not say I'm surprised. It's going to be replaced with a, a PAX Online in July, which isn't anything like the real thing. But you know what? It's video game content. It's streaming all day. For those of us on the Eastern Seaboard, we'll be able to have it in our time zone versus when it was in Australia when it started like at 1 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know what? It just means when we get back into the normal swing of things in 2022, because, I mean, we already saw San Diego Comic-Con cancel. We saw Fantastic Con cancel. Yeah. All of them are not going to – they're not going to happen. No, they're not. They're just not going to happen. Um, so it just means 2022 is going to be a bang-up year for these cons. Like, hopefully see them survive, number one. Number two, the ones that do succeed, they're going to be – crazy 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 busy and that's gonna be great it's gonna be fun yeah it's it feels like it was just a little too you know if it, if it was scheduled for late summer or fall event it may have made it it seems like it's just a little too early in in the process so i had my new york giants season ticket holder so i i Got season tickets for the first time in my life. Very excited, lifelong dream of mine to get those season tickets. And we had the our welcome call uh, this week, earlier in the week. And uh, right now, the, the state of New Jersey has said 15,000 fans uh, are going to be allowed in. If that's the case, I may still or may not be able to get into those games. But they're saying they've spoken to the governor and that the, the they, they plan on being at full capacity by the time that the ball hits. So I know that, you know, Boston is not New Jersey, but they're both, you know, pretty major metropolitans. And I think that, you know, they're pretty liberal in their state government. Uh, so I think that the timeline may be similar. Right. So I think that if you were talking about August, September, October, it probably would have gone on as scheduled. But because it was early, it's just too early. Yep. Um, so the best. So 
that's all I have for Week in Geek. Do you have anything last minute on that? No, I, get into- I, I think we're good from Week in Geek. Uh, that's uh, it was an eventful week, but uh, keep yeah keep it, uh, your ears tuned this week because it's going to be another big casting week, which we'll have ready for you next Tuesday. Yeah, so we've been doing our MCU corners uh, where you talk about some upcoming property, but I figured in lieu of that. We'd go into a little more Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode two, which came out Friday and just was a big it episode, was. right? So um, we're going to set up some spoilers now. Um, if you haven't seen episode two yet, come back to us after you've watched it. But we're going to put our spoiler alert on now. So hang tight. You're now entering a spoiler zone. So no whining, you crybabies. You've been warned. So... A lot happened in this one, man. Um, and, and normally we don't do a, a, a dive. We didn't do a dive in really deep for the first episode, but it seemed like there was a lot here. Yeah, I think so. Um, from what I, I can so. tell. Um, so it, it, yeah, I think um, we got introduced to a lot of um, new ideas and new things, maybe that we were teased a little bit in the first episode that came to light. Um I mean, the first thing we saw was yes. John Walker. Yeah, and I was America. kind of surprised by that, that uh, that we didn't see him in the first one and how much we saw him in the second one. Um, I, I love the callback to yeah, the Star Spangled yeah, yeah. Man. Uh, the, the, the music, nice little nice touch there, Marvel. It's those little things, man. Just, they just get it out. They get it. They get it right. Um, so when they gave the little tag at the end of the first episode and showed him you know, waving to the crowd, immediately I had thought, okay, this is Homelander. Uh, the Homelander light, uh, you know, from the boys. But once we got to know him a little bit better, um, in the opening sequence of the show, they made him very um, friendly, sympathetic almost. Like, okay, I, I, can, I can cheer for this guy, right? Um, so they did a good job of like introducing him and, and kind of, you know, pulling a, a 180 from like, oh, I hate that guy. He it, it should have been um, should have been Falcon as Winter Soldier or excuse me, as Captain America or, or you know, even Bucky. But OK, they opened it. You know, he talked about, you know, didn't not wanting to, to, to let anybody down, um, doing all the right mechanic, like mannerisms and, and saying sure. the right thing. So, all right. I was. I check mark for for John Walker for me. Yeah, Opening yeah, 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 for sure. And uh, I found it really interesting that his his sidekick was very uh, Sam ish too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it almost feels like they did that on purpose. I've seen a lot of foreshadowing in this um, in this episode, yes. and you know, a little bit more artistic and a little more show structured, right? Even in the first episode, when you see uh, Sam standing there and his reflection is up against the shield. It's, uh, you know, a, a lot of that and a lot of questions that happen in your subconscious, like, is Sam man enough to take the mantle and hold the shield as his reflection is in there? You've seen that as a, um, you know, sort of a, a theme through many of the of the MCU movies, right? Like, um, you know, can I step up and do this? Like Steve, when he was too short for the... Uh, at, when he's at the World's Fair and he's too short to fit into the soldier's body in uh, Captain America: The First Avenger, uh, very similar callbacks, right. and which, which I love, and it, it it goes right back with what you're talking about music-wise, right? Like they they do a great job. It's tied directly to those three films: Civil War, First Avenger, and uh, Captain Winter Soldier. So Winter Soldier. Uh, I I think it's brilliant what they've done so far. Now, from a comic perspective. So, so uh, Flag Smasher was a is a Marvel uh, character, right? And so not the organization. So th- they flipped it for, which I think is cool. Um, they flipped it. So Ultimatum was the uh, organization in the Captain America uh, comics from the 80s. So Ultimatum was really who the Flag Smashers are. And there was one flag smasher, and he was a supervillain in himself. And his name, his full name, fully, completely escapes me at the moment. I didn't really prep for this. It's Carl something. 
but um, I can't remember it off the top of my head. But he, uh, yeah, is anyway. Is that is is it the character, um, the woman that we were introduced to in the show? Is she I based believe off of that that's where they're going to head. Right, is that that girl essentially will will be Flag Smasher, um, and that that the Flag Smashers are really ultimatum and uh, believe it or not ultimatum is like a an anagram for something it's uh let me see if i can remember hold on it's like underground liberal totally uh okay okay i got you here so carl okay. yep, morgan that's it yeah it's who you're talking about carly morgan yeah okay is i didn't even realize that okay that's cool yeah, I, I looked it up. Yeah. I, I did not know that full disclosure. Awesome. That's great, though. <laughs> Holy crap. That's I awesome. I looked it up. <laughs> yeah, no, well, it, it doesn't change it. It just it just doubles down, right? Like, that's clearly... She is yeah. is Flag Smasher and Ultimatum are the Flag Smashers, right? So, um, the, does is Ultimatum a um, anagram? It is, right? Can you find that? Ultimatum. Yeah, so um, again, the ultimatum was the name ultimatum. of the organization. Um, it wasn't called the Flag Smashers. So Carl Morgenthau worked for Ultimatum. And uh, yeah, I mean, geez. Um, so anyway, yeah, as you look that up. Um, and then, of course, we still have Zemo coming as a big dad. Um, I don't. No. So I, I did watch it again. And uh, do you feel like Sam could be being set up by the government at this point? All right. How so? Uh, I I think so, because uh, he, he's a freelancer and they're 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 watching him. He was yeah. ta- he was yeah. tapped. Right. They had yeah. Red Wing was tapped. That was um, one thing that that showed up he, was that he was he was surveilled. But if you go back, right, yep. so GSP, George St. Pierre, right, who who played the bad guy in um, in Winter Soldier, if you, the, the French guy, guy, yeah, French guy. and he's an MMA fighter, George, yeah, Ball exactly. Rock or something. So, but do you remember that ultimately Nick Fury had hired that guy when Natasha was going on to, like, he was part of the coup. Right. So if you remember in Winter Soldier, when all the stuff has happened in the apartment and Nick Fury is, you know, almost assassinated and then taken away, we find out in that that he had hired that guy, uh, the GSP character, to be there on the ship and for Natasha to do those things. So I find it interesting that he was the person in the first episode that had hijacked the plane and that Sam was fighting. The second thing that stood out to me about it was the guy the guy was filming him at dinner and he said, Oh, he speaks Arabic. And, and then Sam's like, Oh, get that thing out of my face. And then like, you know, why was the plane already hijacked? And why was the, so I don't know. There was just things that stood out to me that says that the government is, was trying to plant this, the captain America that's there now. And, I think one thing, that, although it might that might be a little bit of a stretch because Sam just kind of gave up the mantle. It's not like, but what if he didn't is my point. And it looks like the government wanted to put their own person in there. And so does that mean that Hydra has re-infiltrated the American government? I mean, why did they put him there? And why are they tapping uh, Red Wing? Why was the plane already hijacked? Why was it GSP? Why? So I have weird, the government is against Sam things right now. And that, uh, uh, it, it, it may not be what we, what it appears to be. Okay. I'm with that. Um, I followed you. The, by the end. So we started liking John Walker by the end. Yeah. We don't yep. like John Walker. Yeah. Uh, um, and I think it illustrates what you're saying is the government's out for, for if not yep. Bucky, for Feels that Sam. Yep. Like, stay out of my way. You know, just keep, keep clear. Um, I was pretty blown away. And, and again, my, my, you know, I don't really know the comics that well, so I had to do some research. But when they introduced the super yep. soldier in Baltimore... Yeah, Isaiah, I think his name yep. is Isaiah Thompson, maybe. 
and his and his nephew answered the door, which you brought up. It could be. Oh, he definitely is. No, he's definitely a young Avenger for sure. So, uh, red, white, and black. I think was was this the series that kind of introduced this for Marvel and comics. I was I was doing some some reading about it, Um, basically talking how they were the government was experimenting on black soldiers first with the super serum. Um, then once they got what they wanted, they yep. villainized them, put them in jail, you know, used them for, for bait, frontline, all the stuff that, you know, that basically clearly the U S government did back, you know, the Vietnam war or any war that you, you send in the front line. That's was the black soldiers, yeah, yeah. the black troops. So uh, they're clearly going in a very, um, a way that's that's discussing this racial issue, racial inequality, this this thing that that's happening. I mean, we saw that in the episode two when Sam was talking to Bucky in the street. And oh, I know the that was really really well done. Yeah. And pestering Sam, yeah. is this guy bothering you? Meanwhile, like you know, it's it's Falcon, and, and as soon as they realize that, they back down. But that's not how it plays out, and it, it was. It seemed to be taking a, a pretty big stand on the racial um, discussion and dialogue yeah. that's happening right now. At least they're starting to. Who knows if they can continue? But from what we saw in that episode, it was there was a lot to unpack. It in that really scene. was, and so that so I did mention earlier. And wait, I I found it. So ultimatum, which again is the new flag smasher, right? Or is, so they're calling mm-hmm. Ultimatum now the Flag Smashers. That anagram was Underground Liberated Totally Integrated Mobile Army to Unite Mankind. Ultimatum. <laughs> that is the biggest. They Marvel did, man. They really did. Even Modoc, like it's so deep, and they did absolutely <laughs> love that. That is Stanley through and through. He loved to do that. Anyway. Um, so it is that, that uh, uh, Jeremiah's grandson is uh, is Patriot in um, in the Young Avengers. So now we've seen how many Young Avengers? We've seen one, two, three, three so far, right? So a young uh, uh, Barton's daughter, Cassie Pym, and now Isaiah Thompson. So. Uh, Bradley, sorry. Isaiah Bradley. Sorry. Yep. Uh, Bra- yeah. yep, sorry, yep. I was, I was no, that's double-checking my that's good. Yeah. Wasn't right. Um, so that's, yeah, I thought, um, so that is absolutely coming, right? So, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So, um, yeah, man, I I, I think... Um, did you expect them to I didn't at all. I, I, no, I didn't. I didn't. Not for this show. I didn't. No. You mean, was I expecting them to go Young Avengers, or was I expecting them to... To bring in the Isaiah, uh, no. Isaiah Bradley line. Like, they're basically the the, the, uh, the red, blue, and black. I story. never imagined um, that that would happen. Nope. Nope. It was not on my radar at all. Yeah, I don't think many... Well, because, I mean, you saw Zemo, and, you know, you saw a hooded Zemo, so I think we imagine that the rebirth of Hydra would happen through him, right? I mean, that's... That's really where you thought mm-hmm. the villain stuff was going to happen and, you know, how it's going to tie in with the rest of the. But but I also we did hear that they would be, uh, you know, showing us a place that was not um, open before, like a, a location that that they'll visit in this show that was tied up in Fox IP. Um, and, and I thought that was going to tie in with Victor Von Doom and maybe tie in with Baron Zemo. And that could have been an introduction into that side of the world. The, uh, you know, the Victor Von Doom, uh, possible silver surfer and Galactus and the fantastic four and maybe no more. And maybe, you know, all of that. So, you know, Submariner, the, the torch, all that, but that hasn't happened yet. And it seems like now they've got their, you know, if you've got Zemo, you've got the Flag Smasher slash Ultimatum. It sounds like they've got their bigs covered for the rest of the year. Two episodes in, I, what are you thinking? What, 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 do you have any uh, possible um, theories of which way we're going? I don't yet. Um, no, I think more has to happen. I did hear that there's a big cameo coming in uh, episode five, uh, which would be the second to last episode of this. Um, I think this is just about... Uh, about Sam 
um, taken back the mantle. That's what I think this show is about. And however he gets there, um, I think that this is the struggle. Either that or Bucky takes over because they both held the mantle, man. They both, you know, um, I love and I hate that they just completely glossed over the trial, right? It's like they just gave him a pardon and now they're using the conditions of his pardon. Just means that we're not going to get the trial of Captain America, which is a series that I love deeply. Um, But on the flip side of that, it means that coming out of this, uh, either one of them could be the next Captain America. So that's really exciting. We haven't really seen Sharon yet. Uh, so she's age at 43. She's got a lot of stuff going on. So I think the sky's the limit, but I think we're going to see a hooded Zemo very, very soon, and that's going to set things in motion. Great. Yeah, the Zemo tag yeah. at the end, really phenomenal. Great. But I think for me, one of the uh, the unsung heroes so far of the two episodes is... Uh, Amy Aquino, who plays the doctor. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Doing the couples therapy. (laughs) Dr. Christina Rayner, I think is her name. And she has them get. uh, Oh, that was fantastic. That was a great scene. That was a great scene. (laughs) Everything about that scene. Uh, And and the one thing it was, the one thing that I'll point out that was a little, at least a little bit annoying, was that, like, Sam couldn't just pick up the phone and get the money from Pepper to fix the boat. Like, I get it, but, like, you don't pick. You don't pick up the phone and just oh, go, yeah. "Hey, Pepper. Uh, you know, we got a business plan together here that we think is going to work. I could show you how it will work, and uh, we just need a loan of yeah, just invest, invest in this. And yeah. not only could he do it, but I'm sure Banner could do it. I'm sure uh, certainly Thor could do it with gold from Asgard or where you know whatever wherever. Um, I think that there's a lot of ways that Sam could do that. I don't know that I would have picked the path that they picked. I understand what they're trying to do, and but but I, I feel like it is a little ridiculous. Um, you know, it doesn't doesn't yeah. make sense. Doesn't tie together. So anyway, uh, yeah, that that was a. I guess out of the whole show for me, I'm with you. That was probably the plot hole that was the biggest. Is you you're you're literally covered the for the biggest or, or the deepest bank account yep. in the world yep. of the Starks. Um, however, who knows how how pissed Tony Stark and Pepper were with what happened to Iron Patriot? But I mean, Cheetah was in it, right? So I don't know. And the other side of that is that you know, like Happy Gilmore. When his when he got suspended from the tour and needed another two hundred thousand dollars to make to save grandma's house, just called Subway, right, and did a Subway commercial. You saying that? Oh, in one. And, and and you're saying that Sam couldn't have just very easily gone to Subway and done a or, or American Airlines, like American or Airlines, or any or of that, Delta. right? Like, there's so much you could do. You're saying that you could. Fly the friendly right. skies. That, so that was a little, <laughs> little wonky for me, but I, you know, I understand what they need to try to prove out, and I get the racial element. The more focus you can bring to that, I'm really okay with it. I understand. There's a whole bunch of commercials now I want to see with Sam, yeah, yeah. Sam uh, <laughs> pitching for yep. uh, Southwest, JetBlue. Like I could see like a little kid coming up and like pulling at his at the, at the his, wings, his, yeah, yeah, his pant leg. And he's like at the wings, he's like I want some wings, and he gives him like the the JetBlue wings that the pilots would hand out. I was like, here you go, kid. Yeah, oh, ah, like, it's perfect. Nice. You just wrote it. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. You're saying you couldn't get that. Do you want to? <laughs> do you want yeah. a bag of territory? Here's some peanuts, kid. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So a little plot hole there. I don't know if they fix that. I don't know if they, you know, I mean, I understand the scene in the bank and I understand what they're trying to do, which would give a pass to it. But uh, yeah, the bigger totally. message is clear. It is. It's not. It, yeah. You, you got to be pretty blind yeah. not to, to see it. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess you, if you give them a pass on that, you can give them a pass. Yeah. Big plot yeah, hole. Yeah. Like so it. that's too bad. But. I'm really excited uh, about what's coming for the next four weeks. Now we've got this and Invincible. Now uh, other things are starting to drop. And uh, it's exciting, exciting time to be a nerd and, and a fan. And uh, we certainly will be able to cover this for weeks and weeks and weeks to come of what we have. So, Oh, yeah. it's It feels like it did two, two years ago when, when Marvel was hitting all cylinders. DC was still had some promise to it. Um, so here we are. We're kind of at the, the beginning stages of the golden era part two. 
yep. just starting, right? We're, we're just at the beginning stage. It's just like Iron Man has just come out and yep. and we're about to go on this amazing exactly journey. Exactly right. So, exactly um, right. So, all right, man, any final thoughts to wrap up the show this evening? Final thoughts. Uh, one thing that we did not cover last week and it had just happened and, and kind of caught, I think caught me off guard because I've been watching him for so long was the passing of George, yeah. George Segal. Yeah. Um, it, it completely, it didn't pass me by. I just wasn't like, I was still kind of in shock because, you know, you, the guy was been around for, for ages. Amazing actor, super funny, great timing comedically. I mean, just shoot me. He, he was. was phenomenal in. And then he put him in you know, 20 years later as the grandfather in, in Goldberg's and he still has it at, you know, 85, 86, 87 or however old he was. Um, he, he was still pumping along yeah. doing the show and, you know, we're going to miss him um, in the show. And one of the things that I'm sure that Adam Goldberg's going to do when that episode comes out and I think they still yeah. have another season left, the grandfather's going to be passing and i think for those who've watched the show as religiously and, and i didn't start with it i kind of catch it on syndication and fell in love with it it's just a fun show to watch it's it's easy in and out every show has the same plot point same format it's it's kind of like we started the show with you know yep. what you get when you watch it yep. it's one of those but something tells me is that's going to hit home for some of us who who had a close grandparent like that. Because when we started this journey back on the episode one, and yes, happy, birthday, happy birthday, by the way, yep. uh, three yep. years ago, one of, you know, my origin story was this all started because of my grandfather nurturing the nerd culture with me, the, you know, com- building computers in the 80s, playing video games until two or three in the morning. Um the you know, watching sci-fi movies like Alien when I was six. So this he obviously in Goldberg's it's the same type of relationship with the grandfather. You know helped Adam along. So I don't know if I ever realized that was the connection and why I like the show so much. But so in essence, if they do that episode, it might be a tough episode yeah. to watch for me. So I'm you know rest in peace, George Seagal. Um, it was been fun watching you and. You know, back in Just Shoot Me days, you were hilarious. You were even funnier on Goldberg. So that's that's where I got for this. That's, week. that's great. So, all right. Well, everybody, get out, get uh, watching Invincible, get caught up on Falcon and Winter Soldier. There is a oh, and and check out Justified. Uh, the last blockbuster is something that uh, we did. Catch that up too, and we will be back next week with a ton of new content, uh, a ton of new casting announcements, and we'll be uh, yeah, looking forward to it. All right, boys. Let's close it down. All right, boys. Let's close it down. Look at me, man. Can't you see that I'm dying? Look at you, man. Doing all your wanting. Ain't it against me like a goddamn bull? So close, too close. My skin starts to glow. Sweat pouring down, singing in my life. Blood starts to boil. Watch your temperature rise. You have been listening to NerdPod with Coach and K-Rock from Podacy Entertainment. Be sure to follow Coach and K-Rock to stay up to date on all upcoming nerd pods and Podacy programs on Instagram, which you can find them at Podacy, that's P-O-D-D-E-S-Y, on Twitter, which is at NerdPodacy, which is N-E-R-D-P-O-D-D-E-S-Y, and Facebook, they're at NerdPod.